to Trinity's daily Bible podcast, an opportunity to share scripture and hope together. Hey everyone, this is Michael Simlink. I'm a deacon here at Trinity and I work as a resident director at Northwestern College. Um, Normally, when I'm speaking into this mic, I'm introducing uh, my podcast, Take It to Heart, which is a lighthearted podcast about hot takes and moralizing preferences. Um, But today it's a little different. I want to share some scripture from Revelation 12. I think there is some conviction in this passage. And for me, that has been an encouragement uh, that God isn't shutting down his refinement of me as an individual. I'm okay getting a little tough love, even in this time when things aren't ideal, because it means God isn't taking a break in my sanctification. Um, so I hope you are encouraged by this word, even if it feels a little different than what we've had some of the other days. Okay, you may be thinking that someone doing a Devo from Revelation during a pandemic is about to give you a lot of uh, the end is near and these are the last days type of thing. Uh, I assure you that's not where this is going. Please, please don't tune out now. I'm going to be reading from chapter 12. Uh, verses 7 to 12, uh, but I want to set the stage. You're not trying to turn this into a lecture on the book of Revelation itself, but I don't want us to be lazy and do lazy interpretation with this passage and miss some of the things. So chapter 12 starts out describing a pregnant woman who gives birth to a boy that we can think of as Christ and a dragon, which represents the character of Satan. Okay, and so we pick this up kind of in the heavenly realm, and the dragon is waiting for the child to be born so that he can devour the child. Uh, but, but God intervenes and brings the child to his throne uh, and also protects the woman by allowing her to flee into the wilderness and sustains her there. So the dragon's attempt is foiled. Yes, that's kind of where we're picking up. So listen now for a word from the Lord, starting at verse 7 in chapter 12. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night uh, before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so a couple things. Shout out to my namesake, Michael the Archangel, for casting Satan out of heaven. That that was pretty cool. Um, But I also want to hone in on the words that John hears in verses 10 through 12. So given kind of the current climate we're in, um, I guess I want to make sure that I'm I'm not going to tell you that this virus uh, that has changed our lives is not a punishment from God or that we are to blame or directly attribute Satan for this. Uh, This is somehow a result of his wrath. Um, I also want us to really make sure that we are not subconsciously thinking of the dragon as COVID-19. I'm not wanting us to put ourselves into this passage and view angels uh, casting out COVID-19, and that's what's going to the depths. Um, This isn't like a game plan to defeat the virus. Yeah, we got to remember, God is on the throne, uh, and the king is still kinging, as Kristen told us last week. You know, this dragon has been conquered. Uh, We're going to celebrate in a few weeks how the tomb was found empty. So please don't hear this as me uh, using scripture to explain why we're in this particular situation. 
but yeah, the pandemic, it's, it's caused disruption in our lives. And we're in positions where we have more time away from responsibilities that can drain us, um, but also those opportunities that give us life. Uh, it's, it's a both and. Um, and when we come out on the other side of this, you're going to look back and you're going to think, hey, I use that time well. Or you're going to look back and think that you've wasted an opportunity. Uh, there isn't like a neutral setting to this. And to be honest, there never is like it pandemic or not. There's not a day that can just pass without something happening to you or happening in you. You know, we don't just get a float through life. So I was listening to a podcast with Ryan Rossillo, who some of you may know from his time at ESPN. He now works at a website called The Ringer. Uh, and he was talking about how this pandemic will help you cut down on the laundry list of things you want to achieve. Uh, because if you can't find time now, you're, you'll are you never make time when things return to normal. You know, So if you talk for years about wanting to learn how to play the guitar, then, then now is the time. Uh, and if you said you want to read more, then this is your golden opportunity. You know, If you and your spouse have talked about doing devos with the kids at supper but haven't found a rhythm before, I guarantee it's not going to become easier when you're having to pick them up from school or run them to summer rec. You know? and, and that's what I'm getting at here. There are many things that kind of suck about this current situation. But there is always an opportunity for God to move and work in our development. And how much we allow God to work or do that work in our lives will affect the words of our testimony, you know, or our witness. And that's kind of where I want to draw it in with the passage. You know, the dragon was conquered by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. So the redemptive work of Christ's blood, we we can't really do much about that. Like the power of his sacrifice is something that we can only kind of latch on to. But we're not giving or taking away its effectiveness. You know, our, our opinion on the matter or our belief in it really doesn't like affect like what happened. But the word of our testimony, the witness we give does take a lot more buy-in from us. And so I just want to ask, like, what stories of God's redemption are you letting him write in your life? Can you hold in tension the, the grieving of this time, but also the opportunity that will be before us? You know, not just at the end of April, but in the months and maybe years to follow. You know, there are going to be people hurting and in need. And instead of preparing for the apocalypse by buying 70 rolls of toilet paper, we should be preparing for a world that is going to be desperate for the people of God to declare a story of redemption and hope. Do not think that we are getting a break from being a witness to Christ. Yeah, you may not be able to have the conversation about your faith with a coworker, but that doesn't mean that the potter isn't trying to mold us as clay for, for a time to come. And so that's kind of the first thing I want us to take away from this, that there's power in the word of our testimony, in our witness, and we have an opportunity for that to uh, continue to be developed in our lives. So kind of the second part is uh, focusing in on the line, they did not love their lives even unto death. I don't think we should take this passage to mean that we are supposed to uh, martyr ourselves in some way surrounding this pandemic. Most of us are in a position where we should actually not be risking our lives at all um, and doing it for the sake of others' lives, right? I mean, that's why we aren't meeting at church. That's why we aren't really, you know, leaving the house unless we have to, um, all these types of things. So even those on the front line in the medical field, I'm not calling for you to do your work without PPE and in the name of some virtue, you know, sacrificing yourself thing. That's not what we're getting at here. But I want to think about that line. They love not their lives even unto death. So I think a lot of us would like to say that we would give up our lives for the sake of Christ. We would hope that we would answer yes with a gun to our head. You know, this is kind of a scenario that maybe gets brought up. But I'm not interested in, in that. I'm, I'm asking how much of our boring daily life are we willing to sacrifice during this time? Like how many luxuries are we willing to give up? For example, like you are free to buy $800 and three carts worth of groceries to stockpile. There, there's no law stopping you, right? It's only paper signs and a high schooler at the checkout. Okay, 
But is that the witness you want to portray? Is the person behind you in line going to assume that you believe the king is still kinging? Or, like, I understand why you'd want to grab, like, another bottle of hand, hand sanitizer to put in your car, right? That way you don't have to take one out of the other six rooms in your house where you have a bottle in each. But is that really worth, like, taking some of a limited supply at a time like this? And look, these are not salvation issues, and, and I don't get to judge what is right or wrong, but I do know that we have a tremendous opportunity in this time. Do we love our lives? And, and I don't mean not our physical bodies of, of breathing and just, you know, actively living, but our lifestyles and our habits and our routines. Do we love those things blindly or do we put them on a pedestal? Here, here's a question I think I'm, I'm having to ask myself. You know, what have we lamented and mourned more? The loss of life that is still yet to come in the globe's most vulnerable areas, many of those areas where the name of Christ is not able to be openly proclaimed, or not being able to go to the gym or yell at refs on the TV. And that's just an example of a conviction that God is bringing to the forefront in my own life. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And I think there's something to be said during this time that we are not being called to to physically give up our lives and, and rush to deliver a tombstone. Okay, I, I don't think that most of us listening, that is, that's where we're at. But I do think we have an opportunity to hold parts of our lives a little more loosely and not love the luxuries. So not on this extreme end of giving up our life and, and dying for Christ, but really allowing God to move and work in our testimonies and our witness to the world. And I think if we aren't willing to sacrifice anything in that process, we have to be honest if we really want God to move at all. And I don't mean to come off as a Debbie Downer, and I get that this may, this challenge may not be uh, able to be received by everyone right now. Um, maybe you're still at a point where you are grieving some things, and it's really hard to think about holding that tension. That doesn't mean we don't strive for it, though. And I don't think that means um, that there aren't some of us who do really need to kind of take some stock. And yeah, maybe some action does need to be done. So I don't know exactly how this relates to you and your family's situation. Like I said, I, I can't fathom everyone's stories i was drifting into self-pity and uh, a woe is me attitude that uh, was no longer grieving it was no longer healthy uh it went from grieving a loss of an ra staff and a loss of uh, eight weeks to a chance to do things connect with students and in my role as an rd that was taken away because of this and at some point it moved from grieving to self-pity and feeling sorry for myself and at some point, God just kind of grabbed me and was like, you know what? I think we can do better. I think you can have a mindset change. Uh, and that's been super helpful for me. So my hope is if that's not you right now, you know, maybe in a few weeks, few days, whatever it is, uh, that can be you. But wherever you're at and above all else, uh, may we let the spirit move in us. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope to see you next time right here on the Trinity Daily Bible Podcast.